Genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King one, um, I've said this before, but one fist pump moment at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. A movie's allowed to have multiple fist pump moments. Yes, this movie does. It has like five. I'm Norman Mitchell. <laughs> and joining us again today, we have Molly Knox Ostertag. Hi. Hello. Here I am. Yeah. Happy to have you. <laughs> Thank and, you. Yeah. Today we're talking about Minute 207, which starts with um, some complete silence and uh, Aragorn <sighs> saying for Frodo, which is like, oh my god. Uh, and it ends with Gollum and Frodo kind of uh, tumbling um, into some rocks. It's so, you heard me like scream as I finished watching the Minute because it's so stressful. Uh-huh. It's like, oh no. Little Elijah Wood just falling on the rocks. It's so, I'm so worried about him. <laughs> Oh, in that moment. Yeah, he's just so he's just been so brutalized already by this I point know. in the movie. Let him have a nap. But I wanted to talk about the beginning of this minute. Yes, of course. Yes. So the the just dead silence before Aragorn turns around. It seems like he's making eye contact with Gandalf specifically. Mm-hmm. And then he practically whispers for Frodo. And I think it's the one of those times. In his eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those times in a movie where it feels almost like an unintentional fourth wall break. Like he's like it's cementing something about Aragorn's character directly to the audience and not necessarily to another character. I don't know that I've ever read this moment as that before. Because this is Aragorn turning to face everyone behind him right which includes us yes the audience yeah to cement that he is selfless first and foremost as a person in the face of this temptation from eric from sauron mm. and it's mm-hmm. it's almost just this tiny unintentional fourth wall break it's interesting i definitely read it as him turning to the fellowship like the rest of the fellowship that is still alive and sort of being like we're we're finishing up this thing that we started because like they all came together basically swearing to protect Frodo like that is the bond that they all were built on they kind of failed at it um (laughs) and (laughs) like he's it's it's just like this last like like all right we couldn't we couldn't protect him in the end like they think that he's dead at this point but but Mm -hmm. we're going to continue our mission and, and finish up the quest um still with sort of the same intention um is this the third time Aragorn has been tested by Sauron um I guess because once with Frodo in in um fellowship when he like offers him the ring yeah and then with the Palantir with the Palantir and, and then now here. this yeah this would be his third mm-hmm. temptation yeah a few weeks ago yeah. we had um we had a Catholic priest on to talk about Tolkien's oh. Catholicism and how that reflects yeah. in his work so now I've been thinking about that and I'm like oh yeah of course Aragorn is a Jesus figure yeah and he's tempted three <laughs> times yeah interesting yeah it's really interesting. I don't, I don't like, I'm not religious at all. And I don't, I don't know a lot about religion, but it is so interesting seeing that theme. There's like mm-hmm. a theme of humility in the story that I really, yeah. really, really love. Mm-hmm. Um, And I, that, Ar- that Aragorn is that he is this king and he's this chosen one. And he's sort of 
the most of a classic fantasy character that we almost have in the story, but he does not want any of it. And he's reluctant mm -hmm. and he only does it because someone has to. And like that, he is this like, like extremely humble character. Yeah. Um, so like the temptation doesn't work on him. Book Aragorn is a little more gung-ho about being king, but uh -huh. he carries the broken sword with him everywhere before it's reforged. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. <laughs> but the, but movie what Aragorn. <laughs> But, but he's still humble. Like, Book, Book Aragorn is still yeah. humble. He's not willing to assume the mantle of rulership until the people of Gondor accept him as king. Mm -hmm. And in the, yeah. in the movie, we get this long, drawn-out, like, insecure but selfless and humble version of Aragorn yeah. that takes kind of those elements from the book and then stretches them over his whole arc instead of just stuff that's highlighted in Return of the King. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I really like that because I think it is, it's just the idea that so much of this story is about how power corrupts and it's like you, there still does have to be, or there still is some hierarchy of power, but like probably the most just person to be, to hold a position is the person who does not want it. Yes. Um, yeah. And so that's like, that feels like a really big theme that is really, really brought out. Um, yeah. Aragorn also, def I mean, he definitely, they all think they're going to die here. Like, they think they've lost, right? Like, they think mm -hmm. Frodo has been captured, the ring has been taken, this is their final stand, and they yeah. have no hope. Um, Except for Aragorn. Aragorn has hope really? that he's still doing good. I mean, his his yeah. elven name, Elisar, means hope. Right. That's what Aragorn yeah. represents at this point. Yeah. He represents all the hope the Fellowship has left. Yeah, so much of the story is about finding hope in these really desperate moments and kind of, yeah, that it just, I mean, it is, they really think here that they have failed and that like this is going to be their last fight and then sort of the, the world is going to end. And it's like to still, to still find hope and to still be like, even when we have, there's so little we can do, we still can be noble and we still can fight for our fallen friends like that. It's, mm -hmm. oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's, it really hits me very hard every time I see it. I love that Pippin. And Mary are the first ones oh. to run out. Like my boys, oh, now, I, I love them. Pippin and Mary MVPs in my notes. Right. They're so they have small to be. in this scene. Also, like they're so small. Mm -hmm. They're smaller than usual. Yeah. <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, we we realized that one of the extras in the background of the of the scene with the mouth of Sauron, the extra playing Pippin on the horse in the front of Gandalf. Double. The, was it was a child instead of like, like a an adult scale double? Yeah. Oh, uh, cute. And I wonder if the two here are children and not the scale doubles because it would have been filmed at the same time. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Which is why they look like yeah. smaller than normal. <laughs> they look so vulnerable and they look so stupid in their armor and their helmets. Like I love that they don't look that badass. Like they look dumb. Like they're not supposed to be here at all. <laughs> yeah. And then they just get outstripped immediately by everybody else. Like it's just, it's so I it's 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 just it's it's again, it's the same theme of just like doing what you can with who you are in the moment that you're in. Like yeah. even if you're a very small hobbit in armor that doesn't fit you very well, you can still lead the charge. Yeah. I think I like it so much because the first time well not the first time, um, we see uh Pippin and Mary. Um, they are running away from something. Yeah. And here oh, they are like yeah. running towards something. Yeah, the last thing they're a part of narratively, really, they're running towards yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. That hits, that hits hard, man. <laughs> Interesting. I love that. Yeah. They're so sweet. I just love, there's, 
I, man, there's, I'm like, Sam and Frodo, deeply in romantic love, but like Mary and Pippin, they just love Frodo. He's just like their cousin. And it's so, mm -hmm. they just like would go to the ends of the earth for him and they never question it. They literally, it's a little different in the books, but in the movies, they run into him into a, in a field mm -hmm. and are like, I guess we're going to Rivendell with you. Like, right? <laughs> yeah. They could leave at any time. They did not have to go on this journey with him, but they just, they're just like, like, yeah, Frodo's our person. And it's, it's really sweet. In the book, Mary specifically is considerably more observant and intelligent of a of a hobbit than yeah. he is in the in the movies. Yeah, they're both they're both a little smarter in the book than they are in the movie. Um, I also didn't realize I was like like doing deep dives on like the characters and their ages and everything, and I didn't realize Pippin is such a baby. He's like he's um if he was like in human years, he would be like sixteen. Um, yeah. During this story. Um, I didn't realize he was so little. Yeah, because he's not yet um, of age, right? He's not yet 33. Yeah, yet yeah. He's yeah. like 20. I think he's 21 in Hobbit years, which is like 15 or 16 in human years. Um, yeah. 21 in human enough, years. It's yeah. still like, oh, God, you're a baby. I know. It's <laughs> yeah, still <right>. very small. <laughs> well, because there's a scene in the book. There's a scene in the book where he like, he's hanging out in Minas Tirith and he's all lonely because Gandalf is off doing stuff. And so he just hangs out with a kid. And the kid shows him around Minas Tirith and it's so cute. And it's just like <laughs> this 10-year-old kid who thinks that Pippin is also a 10-year-old kid. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. It's good. He like challenges Pippin to a wrestling match and Pippin's like, oh, I could destroy you. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. The books have some very wholesome moments in them that I'm yeah. delighted to re rediscover. Um, but yeah, yeah. Them getting this heroic moment um, is so, so sweet. They have to. It, it just, it feels so necessary to their journeys as characters yes. that they have this moment here yeah yeah definitely and i, I just it, it just fits in just so perfectly with the rest of the theming of the movies too and like this story yeah. that the the smallest people can do the greatest things when they have cause to fight for what they believe in mm -hmm. yeah yeah but i also the also the my palpable relief when they get like like overtaken by the rest of the warriors <laughs> like you guys cannot yeah. let these hobbits run in there by themselves <laughs> yeah i like gandalf is strategy. the very next one to start running after them yeah so what i wrote in my notes was gandalf leggies because i love when we see gandalf's legs in his long <laughs> underwear it's so cute <laughs> i just love when his legs are out <laughs> right that, that's definitely not ian mckellen <laughs> I don't know. Is oh yeah, probably not. <laughs> no, that's definitely not Ian McKellen. Watch so. this. Watch this guy run. I don't think that's he's, Ian McKellen. I don't know. Could still yeah, be very spry. His legs are just moving so fast. <laughs> His legs. He's just. He's gangly. I just. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the other time we see Gandalf's long underwear is um in Pippin's Palantir scene when he's like in his pajamas and it's just I'm just like I I just love I just love that Gandalf is like he's like I've got my like all white underclothes. Um. I don't know why. It just delights me. <laughs> yeah. Gandalf Leggies is the name of this episode. Gandalf right? Leggies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can have Gandalf Leggings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> they're just out. I just, it's a bad strategy. I get, I get, it's their last stands and it's very tragic, but they're just running at them. They're and they're surrounded. Them. They're just running. And they're surrounded. They don't have to. You can let them come to you, my friends. Mm -hmm. You could. Maybe have some bow and arrow action. I don't know, but it's it's for it's for heroic. Um, it's like it's like the most heroic thing to do. So that's what they do. Yeah, and then uh, we come back to the mountain with Frodo and Sam. Ugh. Sam, Sam looks up the mountain, and we can see Samoth Nar 
the the doorway to the cracks of doom the cracks of doom so that the design of that miniature was was jonathan howe mm. and apparently oh, when he started drawing it he was like drawing it really big on one one sheet of paper and then he just put a second one and kept going wow and then a third one and oh, kept cool. going before he finished so it's supposed to be very mm. big very and very grand yeah it looks like a mouth it's got like teeth yeah yes. got yeah. little teethies i um we'll never stop laughing about the fact that there are so many beautiful languages in this book but like they're going to mount doom to throw the ring in the cracks of doom it's just mm -hmm. <laughs> i know there's probably other names for them but that's what they that's all they call it and it's like it's such a funny like simple name when it's like the, the florian and Minas Tirith and the cracks of doom yes <laughs> Because the, the elven name for Mount Doom is uh, Orodruin. Yeah. Well, that sounds cool, but they don't say that in the movie. Uh, and then Samothnar is the name of this doorway. Oh, cool. Yeah. I like I like it a lot. Yeah. The lighting in these scenes is like a Renaissance painting. Like the entire yeah. rest of the mountain scene, just the glow of the fire and their like rosy hobbit faces and just like, it's it's so beautiful. Yeah. It is, it just, every single frame looks like a painting. There's mm -hmm. these super deep shadows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you can't tell if it's day or night, and it's it's just, like, it's really, really good. Um, and then that triumphant moment gets undercut. Yes. Mm -hmm. The triumphant moment from mm -hmm. yesterday. Undercut by Gollum's yeah. reemergence, like a like an evil cat. So, in, in the book, we get kind of, like, a hint that Gollum is going to come back, so he doesn't just, like, come out of nowhere. Right. Which do you prefer? Like, because here it's just like, oh man, it's Gollum. There he is. Uh, the way that Sam is portrayed in the movie, I think it's better that we don't get a hint that Sam notices something. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because it's easier to just kind of write it off and just let it let it yeah. lie if Sam doesn't and notice it feels, something. It feels, yeah, and it's very movie logic, I think, to be like, if you see a character tumble over an edge, you know that they're not dead. But you know they're yeah. going to be gone and you know that they'll come back at an inopportune time. Like, that's that's very well-established film language. Um, so I feel like we know that Gollum is coming back. Yeah, because um, this this part of the movie also changes from the book that Frodo, when Gollum reappears, asserts his dominance over Gollum through the power of the ring before right. continuing yeah. on into the cracks of doom. Oh yeah, we'll talk about that in the next one. Actually, I, I was interested to talk about that. Yeah, there's a there's a line tomorrow that's not in the theatrical yeah. that yeah, yeah, I yeah. find so iconic to this that I can't believe they wouldn't have kept it. Mm. But yeah, so Gollum appears over the top of this rocky crag. Clever mm -hmm. hobbits to have climbed so high. Rah! And then jumps down and starts wrestling with jumps. Frodo while he's still on Sam's back. Uh, poor Sam. So this was also, this fight with, with the two of them was apparently filmed in Andy Serkis's first week in New Zealand. What? Originally, but then they reshot wow. a bunch of it later. Okay. I'm trying, I'm like going back and forth through the scene and I'm just, Sam is screaming like he's in pain, but Gollum isn't doing anything to him. <laughs> he's just, yeah. he's just upset, I guess. Yeah. Gollum is just trying to grab Frodo, who's completely passed out, like might as well be dead. And then they both hit um, the ground so hard and roll off that oh, first rock. I know. It's so upsetting. I'm so, I just like, yeah. Elijah Wood just he his performance in this part of the movie he seems like he is holding onto life by a thread and mm -hmm. it's just like everything that happens I'm like that's it that's that's it for Frodo but it's not <laughs> hobbits are very hardy <laughs> Frodo lives love, Sam is so messed up yeah Frodo lives Sam is so messed up by this point like his like I feel like he's his eyes are so red I feel like he's just been walking and crying 
like mm-hmm. carrying Frodo. Like he maybe thinks yeah. Frodo is dead. He's not sure. He's just like walking and sobbing, and like his lips are all chapped. Like it's just like <laughs> I want to take care of him. I know. How like how how much does Gollum weigh? Because like Sam is supporting the both of them for a while until like Gollum like tugs his hair back and then they probably all... half as much as Frodo. So, that's still a lot. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's why he's yelling. I'm impressed. It's like hurting his knees. He's just yeah. like, ah! <laughs> he's like, oh my god, my lower back. <laughs> but you know, he's been carrying a pack all this time. Like he's been carrying a huge pack with like iron cookware and stuff. That's so. true. Yeah. He's he's all been that... doing the training. Yeah, all that cast iron cookware probably weighs more than Gollum does. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um yeah. Yeah. Gollum, if I have anything else for this scene. Gollum does still look really good in this scene. Yeah. The the yeah. lighting certainly helps a lot of this Gollum stuff mm-hmm. still look good. But yeah, it does. It looks like a Renaissance painting. This is just I love that moment of Gollum coming up over the rocks. I I love yeah. when Gollum is attempting to be clever. Yeah, I know. Gollum is so he's so stupid. He just like <laughs> cannot resist. His hair looks really long here too. I'm just like flipping through it. He's got like Yeah. It's longer than I thought it was. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's true. That's weird. I mean, his hair's pretty long. I mean, if we think all the way back to the the prologue when he turns his head and the light catches mm-hmm. in his, in his eyes and hair, oh. his hair's pretty mm-hmm. long. That's it's just true, really scrangly. Okay. I guess we never really get a good look at the whole thing, but yeah. it's just like waving in the breeze here. Yeah, it's a little yeah. over a foot yeah. long, probably. Yeah, <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't get over how dead Frodo looks. Like it really. Yeah. Um. It's just, it's just I mean, he, a lot he, for me. <laughs> he pretty much is the walking dead at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He has been for a while. Yeah. I feel like when when Sam says a doorway, to me, it always feels like like a reference to um, the Hobbit book and like the, the doorway on the side of the mountain there. But I don't know if it is or not. Oh, that's like i've never thought about that i don't know why mm. yeah it's it just maybe just like the like visual similarities of like we're uh-huh. trying to find a way to get into this damn mountain mm-hmm. yeah but there, there's no there's no thrush to help them yeah well yeah but and i feel like sam is always kind of like he's i, I the 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 reason why i love sam so much besides all the other reasons um <laughs> it's just that he has this like really romantic like narrative part of his heart and he's like always kind of in a story and thinking about stories um and so I like very much would believe that like even at this moment he's still thinking about like the stories that Bilbo used to tell mm. um and being like ah oh, a door we've we've come to our own doorway in the mountain um yeah yeah because um in in fellowship is it Sam that points out to Frodo like the trolls yeah mm-hmm. yeah the trolls from Bilbo's stories yeah. and then in yeah. in the movie in two towers he his metaphor about what's going on is referring to stories. Yeah, details, yeah. He never yeah, loses yeah, that part of himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he really is. He's like this. He's he's got this simple soul, but he also has this element of like romance to him that is so um, makes him such a compelling character to me. Yeah. Um, I think in the books there's such a sort of fun thing about him, like in the like the first book of him, like really wanting to meet elves and just being like I just think they'd be cool like I'm scared to meet them I want to see them though I want to see them do magic like for no other reason than that than that it just is cool and mm-hmm. I want to feel like I'm in a great story um so yeah because I mean like he grew up on all of those stories and like Bilbo like yeah. talking about his time mm-hmm. in Rivendell and 
Yeah. Yeah. Dad yeah. Dad being like, you shouldn't listen to that Bilbo. Bilbo. Don't go on no adventures. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't go. Don't go falling in love. With the boy <laughs> up the hill. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna continue on the fan. I'm just. I, I'm like living in my own fan fiction. So no, it's, dude. It's fine. <laughs> I just. Yeah, <laughs> I'm re- I'm writing a fan fiction that is like retelling the whole thing from Sam's perspective, and I just wrote this scene, and so it's like very much in my mind. So it's oh <laughs> good, yeah. So sad. I think that's this one. Yeah. Okay. okay. Cool. So <laughs> there's a lot that happened this week. Yeah. There's a lot, but uh... it's really actually amazing. Like, I mean, I'm sure you guys have realized this what you said you've done so many episodes of this but like just how much goes on in a minute of film it's really mm-hmm. really cool um to just be like the state we can be in one scene we can have this we can literally start the minute with tension of like what's aragorn gonna do and then we have a heroic charge and then it's like another heroic scene and a victory and then the victory turns to like like conflict it's just it's it's very amazing how that can happen and still not feel rushed like mm-hmm. as someone who like i write for tv sometimes and it's so inspiring to just be like wow that is a lot to put in a minute and still just have it feel like perfect yeah like yeah. balanced yeah. yeah 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 very very good very well done a good minute i'd say yeah. one of the this movie this this movie's really good you guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we're from the website duelinggenre.com. Uh, you can check us out there. You can check out some of the other non-Movies by Minutes podcasts, um, such as the Protagonist podcast, where they cover a great character and a great story every week. Um, I host the Doctor's Companion with my friends Scott and Nick. We're on hiatus right now, but if you like Doctor Who and you haven't checked that out yet, please do so. Um, and I also write for Geek by Night, which is an audio drama about 20-somethings that run a comic book shop and also have superpowers. And uh, that launches, season two launches uh, October 4th. I don't actually know when this episode's going to, I think this episode comes out before then. So <laughs> what is guys, time? Right. I don't know what time is. Um, <laughs> we're like really far ahead in our recording for like the first time ever. So I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, thank you again, Molly, for joining us this week. Um, mm-hmm. It's I I have a feeling this is going to be a really good week. It's only Tuesday, but I don't want to jinx it. So <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good moments coming up. I'm very excited yeah. to talk about them. Awesome! Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about uh, Frodo, Sam, and Gollum wrestling. Yep. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.